Breakfast Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, what's happening? Welcome to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us. It is the Friday edition. Dave Coleman in the house. Robert Webb will be along here in just a moment. If you want to uh, catch the show, we are streaming live on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So we've got a lot of stuff going on uh, today. Don't forget tomorrow morning, catch the weekly sports magazine. Uh, It comes on daily from noon to 2 p.m. No, it doesn't. It comes on Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 a.m. We'll be talking sports. Hey, what's up, Dwight? How you doing? Appreciate you joining me already. We'll be talking sports. Uh, there's There's been a lot of developments in sports as it relates to COVID-19, you certainly want to get up to date and in the know on what that is. It is happening, folks. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. So we'll keep you up to date on that. If you hadn't heard already, you know I've said over and over again that we simply need to get rid of uh, football for this year. You know, don't get mad at me. I, I am a football lover. But I don't believe your child needs to be a guinea pig. I don't care how much money it is to be made out there. This is getting a little ridiculous. And if my child was in school, in fact, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't even be sending my child back to school right now. Damn these politicians. You know, we'll get into that today. You know, we're going to try to keep it light and frothy today if at all possible. But, you know, some of this stuff is getting ridiculous, to say the least. There's been some Supreme Court re- rulings that has slapped Plotus. By the way, if you don't know what I mean by Plotus, I call him the pathological liar of the United States. Yeah, <laughs> I do. We're going to fin- finish up the series with Dr. Ivan Van Sertima today. They came before Columbus. You've heard me talk about this book, Ad Infinitum. It is a great book. You should have that book in your library. If you do not, then go out and get it. Please. It is it is worth the money. Trust me. It is a great, great book. All right. So uh, we got a couple of things that we're going to do today. Uh, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the pandemic. We'll certainly talk about um, Attorney General Barr riding into Little Rock with shotgun and Tom Cotton and French Hill riding along with him. 
I see they had unmasked. Huh. Okay. We'll talk about that also. And get into some other things here in just a moment. Okay. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and do our black facts. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Uh, not that it's in the way. It's just that we want to make sure that we get it done today. Uh, and then we'll get into some other stuff. So here is Dr. Ivan Van Sotomer finishing up this talk. It'll be about 12 minutes for They Came Before Columbus. Purple, the Phoenician thing about purple, they, their search for purple because purple was sacred among the Egyptians. It is emblematic of the power of the gods. And the Phoenicians, in their travels, exhausted most of the purple supplies in the Mediterranean. There is another suggestion of why they should have come to the Americas for this purpose. You look at other ritual scenes, the human headed bird, Ba, is found in Mexico. A bird with a human head. This is in Egypt and on the Egyptian tombs and they have a little hole in the tomb with the bird to fly out. You see it duplicated in America. Nowhere else. All these correspondences. How come? How can you explain that these things were not happening before they have no antecedents? They are complex. They are not just single traits. They are a complex of interlocking parallels. Why should we believe that it took Columbus who stumbled into the Caribbean, which he called Asia. Do you know Columbus called America India? It wasn't called America, it was called India. That is why we're still calling the Americans Indians. He still called the Native Americans Indians. Columbus had a right theory, which in fact was not new. The Arabs and Africans knew the world was wrong. You look at the globes that Africans used and Arabs used to teach geography. They were all wrong. So only Europeans believed the world was flat until some of their geniuses were persecuted, proving that it was wrong. That's a fact. You look at the maps, those early maps. You look at the early globes that were used in geography. But the thing, and you find it in Arabic documents in the Moorish period, there was assumption all through that Moorish period that the world was wrong. Columbus wasn't new about that. He was right, theoretically, if the world is wrong, you could go far to the west and end up in the east. What he didn't know is that you would need an airplane to do it, not the Santa Maria. So the Santa Maria collided, collided with another continent, and he assumed, do you know that even though Columbus doubted that position, you know what he did? He sent his notary, Fernando Pires de Luna, among the ships and got every man to sign a document that he was off the continent of Asia. He couldn't take any chances. They spent a lot of money sending him out. He had to find India. He had to find the treasures of Marco Polo, come what may. And he got them to sign a document, and he threatened them. If any man were to say they didn't go to the continent of Asia, or they were not off the continent of Asia, if there were officers, they would be fined 500 maravedis, several months' salary. And if there were common sailors, they would be given 100 lashes and have their tongues cut out. That's in the documents. That's the great discoverer, St. Christopher. When he came back, he was coming back to Spain. A storm blew his ships into Lisbon, Portugal. The 
Portuguese were rivals of the Spanish. He sat down. My book begins and that is no fiction. I have researched every word of it. He sat down to dinner with the Portuguese king, King John II. They sat to dinner on March the 9th, Saturday evening, 1493. Rain fell the next day. I know all the details that were put down. <laughs> on Monday, I don't know what for. But there in that weekend, on that Saturday and Sunday, there were discussions. And at the dining table, he brought with him six Native Americans whom he captured. He was the first man to make slaves out of the Native Americans. And he brought six Native Americans with him who fascinated the Portuguese court with their, the red tint of their skins and their hair. These are not the Africoid types who visited. I'm talking about the Native Americans who came across the Bering Straits during the glacial migrations. And he brought these men. And while they were at table, a dish of beans were brought out by at the order of King John. And King John beckoned to one of these people with sign language to build with these beans on the table these lands that Columbus said he had discovered, and a chain or necklace of islands was built up, which included various parts of the Caribbean, Cuba, the Lucas Islands, etc. And when King John saw the um, massiveness of the discovery, the so-called discovery, because Spain is small compared to the, the Caribbean, the Caribbean stretches over 1,000 miles of the Atlantic, some of you don't think so, because you came from it and you think it's pretty small. I'm not talking about small in the sense in which you think of it. I'm talking about its physical size. They were upset because the Portuguese, both King John I and II, had refused to give Columbus permission or, or support. And now the Spanish were going to rule two worlds. And they were so upset by that that they asked Columbus to go back home and argue for a line to be drawn across the world to separate the claims of the two Catholic kingdoms. This was known as the Tordesillas line. It was signed on June the 4th, 1494, before the discovery of South America by Europeans, before Cabral had got there in 1500. And it was, it was drawn across the pit. The Pope did not give it his blessing until afterwards, but it was drawn in 1494 at the Treaty of Torresela, and it includes South America, and they had never seen it. It includes Brazil, 200 miles of territory from that ocean going right back. And what, why did the Portuguese do that? They hadn't been there. They were concentrating on the route along Africa up into India because of the strength of knowledge they got from Africa who were aware of a southern land mass, who were aware of a southern land mass just below the equinoctial line within the same latitudes as Guinea. And Columbus was told about it. Columbus went back to Spain and, and argued because he was then prince of the ocean sea. He came almost like a king. He was nothing. He argued with the Spanish that they should agree with the Portuguese. Let them draw the line because there's only water within the line. It's only 375 leagues from the Cape Verde, which is four and a half miles according to Vespucci. Roman miles give it four, 
but they gave it four and a half, about 1,600 miles. And Columbus said, nothing to worry about. You're not giving anything to the Portuguese. I have traveled twice as many leagues, and I have found no such land, which is true, because Europe is twice as far from America as is Africa. But when Columbus was on his second voyage, a man called Jaime Ferrer appeared in the Spanish court and told Ferdinand and Isabella that Columbus was lying, that he had knowledge from Arabs and Ethiopians, and the word Ethiopian was generally used for African, that there was a landmass to the south within the line that the demarcation line they were drawing up between the Portuguese claims and the claims of the Spanish. Listening to Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people on joinetradio.com. All right, and if you missed uh, any part of the show, you can certainly download the uh, podcast. Uh, just go out to your whatever platform you listen to your podcast on and do a search for Black Focus Radio. You were just listening to Dr. Ivan Van Sertima, um, and um, by the way, you all need to go out and download the app. Whenever we're playing some audio, quite often you will not be able to hear it depending on what medium we're using. But if you do it, if you listen via the app, just go out to joinetradio.com. We're trying to steer everybody to the app. Uh, you can always hear everything that goes on in, in the studio, okay? So keep that in mind. I know a couple of people were saying that they couldn't hear it. But you can go also go out to YouTube. And just type in Ivan Van Sertima, and it's spelled uh, I-V-A-N-V-A-N-S-E-R-T-I-M-A. And there, and there, should, there are a number of speeches by him. You can choose any one you want, but if you want to hear the one specifically about the one that we've been featuring the last few days, it's They Came Before Columbus is the title, and it is also the title of his book. Uh, they came before Columbus, which I've probably read now seven, eight times. Just a fascinating, fascinating book. Uh, that was where I first found out about Abu Bakari. Abu Bakari, if he lived today, would be the richest man in the world. He was the king of Mali who uh, gave up his throne to travel, to sell away from Africa and find whatever was out there. And many people believe that what he found was South America long before Columbus did. I'm just saying. So great, great piece. Really appreciate that. Uh, we'll be playing other things along those lines as well. Part of the reason that I play stuff like that is because I want black people to understand that you had a history before slavery, okay? You, you're not a descendant of slaves. You are a descendant of kings, queens, engineers, doctors, attorneys, mathematicians, who were stolen into slavery. It makes a big difference how you view yourself. Okay? I'm just saying. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me. You're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are on YouTube. You can also send me an email at blackfocusradio at gmail.com. I don't give that out a lot because I don't, want you I don't want you flooding my inbox with junk. Yeah, I said it. You've been really insensitive. I don't want you, Robert, I don't want you flooding my inbox with crap. You're being really insensitive right now. 
David, please stop being insensitive to our listeners. Let me say this Y'all again. Y'all, please forgive David. He can't help what he's doing. I don't want you flooding my inbox with crap. <sighs> David's really insensitive, and please forgive him for being insensitive. By the way, that voice you're hearing in the background is not a dream. It is Robert Webb. Hello, Robert. How are you doing? What's up, Black? You golfing this weekend? Why do you what do you not like golf, man? JC plays golf. Why don't I, you I'm, play golf? Well, you have I have, a bad, I have a back issue. You have I a bad back and a yeah. bad neck, so yeah. Yeah, I can't Ex- understand. I, I, the torque would tear me apart. Yeah, understand. It would tear me apart. So I see why you hate on us because you want to play, but you can't. Understood, my friend. You really want to go there with me? Today? Understood, my friend. You really want to go there with me? Yes, today? let's do it. It's Friday. All right. Do what you do for a pork chop player. Uh, I, I I had pork chops for lunch. Oh God! Didn't have to do anything for it except, you know, show my card I, or I swipe you, my I card. I forgot you are at Baptist. Y'all eat free. No, we're not. I'm not at Baptist. Eating at Baptist. I actually ran up to K Hall. Oh. I'm trying to give all my money I can to black folk. That's and, what's up. Any That's any chance up. I get, the first thing I'm doing is checking to see if a brother got it. And That's if a brother up. ain't That's got it, up. I like that. Dave then I like let's that. see. If a brother ain't got it, I you know like what that. I would. You know what? If someone was smart, they need, and it's inexpensive. They need somebody black needs to open a pizza hall. That you know what bad. I'm saying? Yeah, pizza franchise. There's not, but well, not a franchise. Just a, you don't need a franchise to have a pizza place, a pizza joint. You know, it would be better to have a franchise, but a whole lot easier. Well, what that way you have to create the infrastructure. Well, that's true too. But theoretically speaking, when you talk about a franchise, what are you talking about? Papa John's? You're talking about, and I don't buy Papa John's. Whatever, Marcos. I mean, there's several. Out Marcos. There. I'd rather. Well, I'm thinking for myself. If I open one, I'd I'd open my own pizza joint with my own pizzas. That's that's just me, you know. But I'm just saying it would be nice to have one here in here in Little Rock. Yeah, uh, as well. So I, I mean, I understand that, that, but uh, so. but but you know, having a having one with the infrastructure already in place would probably be a whole lot easier. Well, maybe, maybe not. It just it just would be. It would be. There's no maybe to it. Yeah, it, it would be a lot it, easier to have one that already has an established name. So, what would you argue that the amount of money you'd have to put up for a franchise? Same thing you'd have to put up, if not more, yeah, to open up. Just one. answer the damn question, sir. What the, the, would, the how money, much money? The money how much money would you have to put up? Mu- you have to put up the same amount of money. It would be okay. Any, so probably so for about a franchise, you'd have to put up about twenty k, somewhere in the neighborhood, probably between uh, twenty and fifty. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. You can open up a a privately run pre- pizza joint for that amount of money and make a killing. Not even get, possible if you make good pizzas. Not possible. How, how, how many restaurants have you ran? None. Okay, I but have. I but I know simple business, and that's okay. not that's not gonna happen. Okay, you know it, where you can. Okay, so for 50, you saying between fifty and twenty and fifty grand, you, you can, can open up. You a can place. up a very nice pizza joint. Uh, and what what are you all in for? What do you mean? What am I all in for? What to get to open the doors and serve your first pizza? How much do you think it would cost you all in to serve my per- first pizza? I'm just saying to open it up and serve my first pizza, I could do it for 50K easily. Easily. Because, see, here, here's why. Okay. Okay, other than your overhead as it relates to the building and the oven, because that's really all you need. Okay. And, and, of course, a cash-out system. Right. That's really all you need. Your overhead, as far as food is concerned, is okay. not going to be that much. Okay. okay, because okay. you're basically going to have 
if you're making your own dough, that's going to save you all kinds of costs because you're going to make that. You're going to make that uh, on site. But if you're going to make your own dough, you got to pay somebody to make the dough. So you got to add that. You got to add. Well, no. If you're going to, if I'm saying, if I'm going to open a pizza joint, I'm making my own dough. Okay. But okay. If, but if you're going to make your own dough, you still got to pay somebody to make the dough. You can't make all the dough yourself. Well, you're talking day. about as far as employees are concerned. Employees, yeah. Yeah. So, so the employees, I agree with that. But I'm just simply saying, for 50k, you can start a nice pizza joint, and and have one employee there, and you can make a killing. So how are you going to advertise? Let people know you're there. Uh, you start off by word of mouth. You're going you're gonna to be broke then. No, you won't. If you know what you're doing, you got social media, you got word of mouth, you got uh, uh, pre-openings, you got grand openings. Once be, you don't spend a lot of money on advertising off the bat. Yeah, you do. You're not listening to what I'm saying here. Okay. Okay. You can make a killer. It's called guerrilla marketing. Have you ever read the book? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is that, that book talks about. Not spending a lot of money on advertising, right? Mm -hmm. It talks about using alternative methods to advertise. Now, you have to realize that the guerrilla marketing was made, was written long before social media ever came into play. Mm -hmm. Okay. I agree with that. So, there are a lot of places, a lot of ways that you can market your product initially that will get people butts in the seats, people in the doors before you start spending a lot of money on advertising. Yeah. My my okay. only point is, if you got a franchise, then you have built-in marketing. It's already built. I in. agree. Plus they gen, plus they they send people your way, so it's not like you're not like what you're saying is you just got to go out here and you just got to pretty much you like I said you're creating your own infrastructure. Right. When, when if you go with a franchise, that infrastructure is already in place. But then too, you, you have limits with that franchise as well, as far as constraints, what they want you to do, as opposed to how you want to do it. Let's say, for instance, you come up with this brand new pizza. That everybody loves, you can't do that with the franchise. You see what I'm saying? So you so lose, get a Larry's franchise. You, you lose your creativity. Get a Larry's franchise. Well, you could possibly do that as well. I'm simply saying that a black pizza owner franchise in this city would go over huge. That's all I'm saying. Okay. You know, so and it would be relatively inexpensive. And look, you don't even have to look. You don't even have to have uh, seats. You could open up. Um, what are those little places they used to call, you know, they look like little drive-arounds. They used to be kind of like a, a Larry, not Larry's, but Rally, okay? You can set up a pizza franchise in that place alone and make a killing. In where? Uh, the rallies, you know how they have the, oh, yeah, the drive-arounds? Yeah, yeah. You can make a killing out of that place. So you're saying do it, kind of do just drive-in pizza, no yeah. sit-down pizza. Yeah, no sit-down. You can make a killing, dude. I'm telling you, all you need is a pizza dough, a pizza oven. You you ready to go, bro? I'm telling you, it is pizza. Opening a pizza shop is one of the least expensive things that you can have as far as the restaurant business because you don't have the food overhead, uh, the the large food overhead, the food costs that you would normally have with some of the other larger restaurants. So let's say, for instance, you open up a you open up a Larry's Pizza mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, then you are obligated to to put on your menu every pizza that every other Larry's Pizza makes, okay? As opposed to owning your own franchise, you can limit it to six, seven pizzas, and then all you do is the different sizes. In fact, that's basically what Iriana's is, mm-hmm. okay? 
Iriana's has X amount of pizza. If you go down there for lunch, they're going to feed you a pepperoni. They also have a meat lovers. And then they have different variations of that. Okay. Okay. So anything like Simpson, if I have a meat lovers pizza, that's usually pepperoni, Canadian bacon, sausage, uh, bacon. So I'm already, so if someone says, hey, I want a pepperoni pizza, well, I've already bought pepperoni for my meat lovers pizza. You see what I'm saying? So it could be relatively inexpensive, particularly if you don't have a sit-down place. It could be, and then you throw in a Coca-Cola. I mean, look, you pay anywhere from a dollar, two dollars for a drink. Mm -hmm. You know how much those drinks really are when it breaks down? Well, well, for what you're getting, you're not paying very much. Right, but, you know, they break down to about 15 cents a drink. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So you could really make a killing. That's all I'm saying. How much it costs you to make a pizza? Um, off the top of my head, to make a single large pizza, let's see, it's a 12-ounce. Uh, you're probably talking maybe $2. And you're selling that pizza for $12, $15 a pop. Because all, all pizza is is dough, water, yeast, tomato sauce, which is cheap. And uh, cheese will be your your main cost, but mozzarella. And if you're really enterprising, make your own damn mozzarella. You see what I'm saying? Which I have done. So um, it just depends on it just depends on your expertise on how you do your pizza. But I'm just saying that's a relatively inexpensive franchise that I would love for someone to open here in Little Rock. So heads up out there, everybody wants to open up a chicken wings place. Well, your chicken wings, your overhead for your chicken wings is more than a pizza place. Yeah, but, but people know that, you know, chicken wing joints, people are rolling in those quite often, quite frequently. Right, right. And there you see one on literally every corner now. Mm-hmm. So you're not making much money off of that, you know. But a black pizza joint, man, you can make a killing. All right, let's, a, let's open it up. Particularly if you put it in the hood. Let's open it up. You know, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, you know, and I'm going to tell you a place Right across the street from K Halls, that 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 used to believe it or not, I'm sold. So I remember that used to be one hour Martinizing a, a cleaners, and it's, it has morphed into numerous things uh, over the years. Uh, but man, I'm telling you, it it would be really really easy to do. Okay, but anyway, eight five 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 two five five six eight three is the number. That's how you get in touch with us. Uh, I will tell you also, uh, the coronavirus is real. You know, since we had the conversation the other day about whether or not uh, kids should go to school, right? that conversation has exploded nationally. And you're finding now that a lot of people are asking that very same question because, as you said, as I would say, that I'm sorry, I'm not sending, I'm not sending my child to school under these conditions. I'm just not going to do it. it. There's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me want to send my child to school. And I read a story the other day where this 11-year-old kid just died from coronavirus. Oh, yeah, that's right. They said, they said that it doesn't affect kids. That just shows you they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Okay? So that has exploded. The Big Ten has decided that they are going to only play conference games if they have, a, and this was a caveat, if they have a season at all. So there's a distinct possibility that there will not be a season. 
uh, as it relates to college football. Certainly tomorrow on the weekly sports magazine in the morning, we'll get it. We'll get more into that. But this is a serious question that parents are going to have to ask themselves. Do you want to take a chance on? So let's say your child is is not prone to catch the virus. Let's just say that you are. So he comes home from school and gives you a big hug and whammo, you got the virus. And let's say you're living with grandma too. This is problematic. And the reason it's problematic because no one knows exactly how this virus is being transmitted now. Not that they're not trying to find out, but the virus has, that's what viruses are. If you don't understand the virility of a virus, a virus is almost like a human being. It changes. It's opportunistic. And it will kill you if you're not careful. So we can't play games with this. Uh, you know, I'm, up, I'm of the opinion that they need to go ahead and close uh, high, as, as certainly high school sports. You should not be playing football. You're just not. Look, I love football. This station broadcasts Little Rock Central. Every, uh, we did it last year. We're planning to do it this year. But I'm going to be totally honest. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. It, 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 it just shouldn't. It, it's too much happening right now with this virus. No one knows the pathology of it, how it operates. It just shouldn't happen, folks. And parents have got to get serious about this. I don't give a damn how bad the president wants schools to get back into play. It doesn't make any difference. You know, Let me just tell you what Nicole Wallace said. Here, here, here is her quote, if I can get it up here. But even Nicole Wallace basically said that she's not going to allow a politician to tell her when her child should or should not go to school. Okay? In other words, she says, someone with Trump's incompetence will not decide if my kid goes back to school. That's my point. Because a lot of these Republicans are and the Democrats too for that matter, but the Republicans are the ones, they've shown their incompetence by not following the guidelines of the CDC. These are the people who don't believe in global warming. These are the people that don't believe in science, although they use science every day. I'm not going to allow them to tell me how, what risk I'm going to take with my child. Now, fortunately enough for me, my children are grown. But I have, a, I have a granddaughter now. And her dad, my son, says she ain't going to school. That's just the bottom line on it. Serenity is nine years old. She's not going to school. And rightfully so. And I, and I agree with him. Because right now, we just don't know. And until you can give me some specifics on what's going on, how this virus is going to be spread how it's going to be curtailed, which no one knows at this point. <coughs> Excuse me. Because even now the World Health Organization is saying that the virus is airborne. That's scary. And you've got Republicans running around mad because they got to wear a mask. Violating their civil rights because they have to wear a mask. Is it violating your civil rights because you have a, you got to wear shirts and shoes. Hey man, is this is this Friday or Saturday? Is this Friday or Thursday? I'm, I'm sorry. Can you take a can you take a breath? I'm just saying, big meaning. Can I finish my point though? Yeah, go ahead. I'm just saying, folks. 
I'm concerned about your children. Mine are grown. I have none in school. I'm concerned about your, your wife who's a teacher or your husband who's a coach or vice versa. They can still get the virus. By the way, do you really want to be the school that little Johnny died at because of the coronavirus? How y'all going to handle that? Are y'all going to ask, what about lawsuits? Are y'all going to ask, ask the president and Congress to exempt you all from being sued because you killed a kid because you wanted to get back in school? That tells you right there how distasteful and disgusting it is that they have to pass a law that you can't sue them because they caused your kid to die. That should tell you all you need to know. All right, I'm done with that. Also, apparently, Little Rock police have put on hold uh, a plan to use the state police to investigate officer shootings. Are you familiar with this? Do what now? Yeah, I'm familiar. You you want to give us some details? Nothing to really give you. They were just going to have uh, the state do the do the investigation instead of it being done. Well, and being they're going to do it in conjunction with the with uh, IA. So it's just going to be they're just going to have an independent eye to see if they came up with the same conclusions. How will they? How are they independent? <coughs> How's who independent? You said they're going to have an independent eye. The state police. Who's independent? The state police will be independent because the state who? The state police. The who? State police will be independent. The who? State police. The state police. Yeah. How's that independent? To some degree, they are. In, they are an outside agency. To some degree. But they are still what? They're still police. But it, Bingo. Shooky, 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 shooky. It doesn't matter. Exactly. No, I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly. No. Being, being an independent body, that, that would lead you to believe. It's no different than the FBI coming in doing. Um, you trust them? Doing shootings for the state police. You trust them? It's not a, it's not a matter of trust, actually. It's just. Um, mm. It's just, um, I don't know. It's not so much a matter of trust. You, well, if you can't trust them to do an independent investigation, why have them? <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm just asking. I'm, as, I'm asking for a friend. Because, see, here's, here's where I agree with Cory Booker. Is that there needs to be... In every shooting, there needs to be an independent body devoid of police. Here's why. Did you hear yesterday the interview from a couple of the police, one of the police officers who killed Breonna Taylor? No. You didn't hear it, right? No. So here's the fascinating thing about it. The, the entity that was doing the interview and the investigation was literally leading him with their questioning. He even went as far as to say in one question, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did this da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? And they all said, yeah. You get that, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so I have no trust for police when it comes to investigating these things. So who's going to investigate it? It needs to be an independent body. Who, Dave? We don't know. We can establish one. That ain't that hard. But we know based on what these cops, regardless of their... Okay, are we going to depend on the FBI? Well, let's say COINTELPRO. Is it Friday? 
Is it Friday? Is it Friday? Why I'm you just trying to, me, I'm man. just checking to see. Oh. Why why you messing with me? I'm just checking to see if it's Friday. I, I'm just I'm just. This saying. is way too heavy for me today. I, I'm sorry. Way yeah. too heavy because I didn't drink before I came to the show. Today, oh, so I, I didn't, can't, didn't take a couple shots today. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't get my sip in. Uh, I'm sorry. No, seriously. I got some tequila in the car. If you need I bet. it, let's do that. Let's hot, take a break hot tequila is terrible though. But this is the thing. So you get somebody has to do the investigation, mm-hmm. and you have to have some independent agency, mm-hmm. whomever it is. Mm-hmm. Because if you're saying, because what you're saying now is the whole thing is pointless, Dave. If you're saying you can't trust anybody, then you're saying the whole thing is pointless. It so is. Dave, you have to trust somebody. If you can't trust the state police, if you can't trust the FBI, then Dave. You develop an independent body. Dave, see, you keep creating all these things, and then you're not going to get anything. Okay. Because you keep creating all these entities to do whatever. Oh, by the way, Sister Farrell said, bougie Negroes play golf. <laughs> Tuffy, stop, Tuffy. Stop, Tuffy. Hey, Tuffy, you ain't even funny. Oh, that was funny. Thank you, darling. You're exactly right. Bougie Negroes play golf. And JC is bougie, bougie too. I don't play golf. I'm you can't play golf. <laughs> if you could, you would be. I can play putt-putt. <sighs> I know. Oh, that's an insult to you people, isn't it? Putt-putt. Wow. I play Tiger Woods on my PlayStation. I'm just saying. By the way, you want to ask, you want to know where millions of your money went as far as the Paycheck Protection Plan? Well, according to uh, a lot of reports, millions in aid from Small Business Relief Fund went to hate groups. Hello? Did y'all hear that? So, in other words, your president made sure... Let, let me just read this. Ten, ten policy groups received a total of as much as $10 million in assistance from Paycheck Protection Program. Eight of those groups are identified as hate groups by the Southern Poverty Law Center. There you go. I'm just saying. Another is headed by James Dobson, whom the Southern Poverty Law Center has said is well known for his anti-LGBT views. Excuse me. A tenth group concerned women for America has called allowing same sex couples to raise children unconstitutional. So that's where your money went. So if you didn't get any of your money, that's where it went. I'm just saying. All right. Head off to Heritage's Sade Harrell, superstar basketball player, young lady. You do know women play sports too, right, Robert? I didn't know that. I'm glad you told me. Uh, she is. She has committed to Bethune Cookman. I'm gonna tell you, folks. There's something going on. Robert doesn't want to believe it, but both women, men, all of them are deciding that hey, why not try out that HB, HBCU thing? Why not play for our black brothers and sisters? Why not go to Tennessee State or Arizona, uh, uh, Alabama A&M or Alabama State or Grambling or Southern, Mississippi Valley, Jackson State, Philander Smith, 
Arkansas Baptist, Shorter, UAPB. Why not? I'm just saying. 855-525-5683. I'm just going through some headlines because uh, Robert says I've been, um, uh, so let me just get rid of my headlines and then we'll, we'll start talking about uh, daisies and bubblegum. Uh, state sues Department of Education over pandemic relief funds being diverted to private schools. That's your girl, Betsy DeVos, who's decided that private schools, and we already knew that, were more important than public schools. She has made no bones about that. And she's diverting public funds. Now, those are public funds that are now going to be diverted to private schools. And I hope they sue her pants off. November, hurry up and get here, please. Last but not least, you think the COVID-19 virus isn't real? Well, guess what happened in Mississippi? Mississippi. You heard this story, Robert? Uh-uh, give it to me. So Governor Tate Reeves is warning the public to get tested for coronavirus if they have been in contact with a state lawmaker. Did you hear that? I heard it. Okay. The number of coronavirus cases linked to an outbreak at the Capitol has grown to 36, which includes 26 legislators. Many politicians flouted recommendations to wear a mask inside the Capitol in recent weeks. Now, about one in six of the Mississippi state lawmakers have tested positive for the coronavirus. So, I'm not going to read any more of that story, but this is my point about Republicans and not giving a damn about science. Doctors are telling you to wear a mask. If nothing else, wear a mask. But you know what? These people don't believe in science. So guess what? Can y'all breathe in Mississippi? Can y'all? I'm just saying. Whoa. All right, all right, Robert. I'm I'm done. What do you have, light and frothy today? <sighs> Hold on. That ain't light and frothy. That's kind of that's kind of hot. Oh wow, he's looking that up. Hats off to uh, Mayor De Blasio in Memphis, in also Memphis, in New York City. Yesterday, they painted the giant Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower. And guess who was out there leading the paint job? The mayor himself. Which mayor? Mayor de Blasio for New York. Out there himself. Guess who you else? You like symbolism, don't you? You love symbolism. Guess, no. That's because you're bougie. No, no. That's because you're bougie. Guess who else was out toughy. there? Tuffy. He's bougie Tuffy. Guess who else was out there? The Central Park Five. I mean, I just kind of like that. There, there is symbolism that goes along with that, you know. And I'll tell you what: if you would read the ISIS papers, Robert, I know you don't read much these days. Ooh. It would tell you how important symbolism is, and how it we deal with symbolism every day in this country. Subliminally, s- subliminal symbolism that affects how we how we deal with it. Also, Missouri summer camp closes after, wait a minute, this can't work. This is not true. A Missouri summer camp closes 
after 82 kids and staff infected with coronavirus. Now, wait a minute. That can't happen. That can't happen. I thought we were going to talk about something light and frothy. I was waiting on you, but since you was oh, taking so you so long. You said you need me to provide that for you. Okay. So. Okay. Just, that's all I need to know. I, I'm just saying. 82 kids. Kids. How is that possible that kids got infected with the coronavirus? They told us that that shouldn't happen. Huh? Robert. Robert. I'm Robert. Talk, I'm not talking to you. Robert. Robert. <laughs> they told us that couldn't happen. How is it that kids got coronavirus? Huh? I'm just asking for a friend. Ask for a friend, Dave. I'm just saying. I'm just asking for a friend. Also, shout out to a good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, Mr. Uh, Wendell Smith. Uh, he is the dad of Penny and Rosalind and Kelly and Hilma and Pam, all former church members and dear friends of my youth. Mr. Smith turned 90 years old yesterday, and it was good to see him on Facebook. So happy birthday to him, and also happy birthday to Miss Norma Jean Towns, who turned 88, also the wife of my Boy Scout leader, Mr. Clifton Towns, and mother of Clifton Towns III. Happy birthday to you all. I hope you have a great day uh, as well. I mean, it would be nice if, if we lived that long, wouldn't it, Robert? Still waiting on you, bro. Still waiting on you. <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right, man. Go ahead and do your go ahead and do your hard news. Yeah, yesterday. Go ahead and do your hard news. You, I, I got a feeling you just want to do hard news. No, today. I'm waiting on you. I don't you have anything do light news. and frothy today. I just you, I should really don't. you already know Friday is light and frothy. I, I Why just, are you telling me in the ninth uh, hour, Robbie, we should have something light? You should bring something light and frothy. Because you are part of this show, and we have this every Friday, and you should be prepared to have that. Oh, by the way, I, I heard you were riding around in the in the truck yesterday with uh, Attorney General Barr and and French Hill and and uh, Tom Cotton. Heard you were sitting in the back seat serving them drinks. Oh, Jesus! <coughs> I wouldn't. They wouldn't even let me get close to that mobile. I wouldn't even got close to that one. Someone said they saw Robert's little egghead back there. I said, no, not Robert. I said, not but then, but but I defended you. I, I don't think so, Dave. I did. I defended you. I don't think you I said, me. Robert was probably showing him where the golf course was. <clears throat> you are funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Okay. I really am. You know, everybody gotta everybody, everybody gotta be somebody to everybody. Think so? Yeah. I I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, here's a poll and we'll talk about this more tomorrow. Uh almost seventy as seventy five percent of athletic directors believe college football will at least be delayed. Got a question for you, Dave. Okay. From D. D says, hey, this question is from my niece in Virginia. She asked why HBCUs don't provide full pay scholarships to high school students like the private school like the uh, private schools do. Well they do. Uh, 
Some of them don't have the endowments that the PWIs have. And part of the reason that they don't have those endowments because all of that money is being earned by black players to, uh, uh, to support their schools. That's why they are so desperate to get your black kids back on the football field, coronavirus be damned. But HBCUs do provide scholarships. Now, I don't know all of them, but, um, uh, for instance, TSU, I know they do, um, and many others do. A lot of them in the AUC, which is the Atlanta University Center, uh, they do. So I'm not sure which uh, ones you're talking about. But they provide academic and athletic scholarships just like PWIs. They just don't have the, the same amount or the huge endowments set up. And the reason they have those endowments, as I said, is because a lot of you, – you think about it from this perspective. Let me, let me break down some numbers for you. In the SEC alone, and let's just deal with the SEC, okay, the SEC, each member's school – will probably get, now this year is a different year because of COVID-19, but in the past, they've gotten an average of anywhere from 40 to $80 million per year. That includes a television contract. That includes them being a member of the SEC. That includes their jersey sales, concessions, ticket sales, all of those things. That money is generated by black bodies. Now, if they didn't have that, those black bodies running up and down the courts and the fields for them, guess where that money would be going? They would not be able to build part. Look, you look at it, Alabama, for example. Alabama plays, pays Nick Saban $9 million a year. Do you think he would be making that money if it wasn't for black players? And the other parts of that money, it goes to building new wings. It goes to... Uh, paying uh, professors. It goes to supporting scholarships for other non-sports-related school, I mean, non-generating sports like volleyball, uh, like, um, like lacrosse, like soccer, like baseball, all of those things. So okay. that's part of the reason that uh, although they don't have the, the same endowment, but most of them do offer scholarships. Hope that answers your question. So, we'll see. It probably does. So, so the key is how do we flip that money? And that means that we've got to have black athletes going to those schools so that those black schools can generate that income alone. If we could do that, then that would change this whole dynamic because instead of black kids going and begging to go to a PWI, the PWIs will be coming to black communities begging you to come. And on a side note, if you didn't think it was a lot of money being made, you thought that the NCAA had decided that they were going to allow people to make money off of their likenesses. Right. So you know what the NCA is doing behind your backs? What? They are currently lobbying Congress. They've got two lobbying groups that are lobbying Congress to limit the amount of money that your young black kid can make. You get the irony in that? No, Dave, because let me tell you what, let me tell you what I don't understand. 
how you can understand this, but you cannot understand these people in Colorado putting forth some legislation and then there already being something put in place to negate it. But that's what that's what I'm talking about with you, man. How naive you can be at times, my brother. What the hell does that mean? You're being very, very naive right now. I'm not being naive. I'm telling you the facts here. So when you talked about the guy in Colorado who put forth the legislation about qualified immunity. Mm-hmm. 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 You didn't believe they had put forth no other legislation. You just thought, oh, my God, that's so wonderful. Oh, my God, that's so wonderful. They did good. I, li- I really, really, really like that. Are you trying to throw shade at me? I would never throw shade at you, Dave. Because it ain't working. I would never throw shade at you, Dave. It ain't working. Dave, you my favorite turd. See, don't <laughs> use my stuff. Don't, don't use my stuff. This is Mimic Day. Don't right. use my stuff. So, but anyway, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm just some, I've been an advocate of going to HBCUs for a, a very long time. Uh, and uh, I hope we will start. And you're seeing this trend, and I don't think it's going to end. Uh, here, here's what, see, the, the lie that has been told about HBCUs is that, oh, if you go to an HBCU, you will never be discovered. That's a lie. Because think about it. Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, and they got discovered when you didn't have, you know, he, he, let me just tell you how recruiting happened when I was coming out. You had to have your film, the film of your game, sent to a particular coach, or you hoped that that coach would come to a Friday night football game from whatever college it was and see you and hope that he'd offer you a scholarship. Now you don't have to do that. Now, I'm saying that because back then, you didn't have all the mediums that you have now, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok. And then, of course, your mama sitting up in the stands with her video camera filming your number. You, don't have, you didn't have all that when I was playing. And some of the greats of all time in the NFL and the NBA, they got discovered. So if they could get discovered then with less media, you as a black player, if you go to an HBCU, you've got all kinds of mediums now to put your name out there, put your, your skills out there. I mean, these kids now, if they, if they want to go to a particular school, you know what they're doing now? They're making their own montages of video, and they're personally sending those tapes to coaches. We couldn't do that when we were growing up. So you would tend to believe that it is easier now to go to an HBCU and get, your, get the word out about who you are, what you stand for, how you play than ever before. It is. So, I'm just saying. Yeah, decent the whole conversation. She said she sent the whole conversation. She did. Yeah, she sent the whole conversation. Good. Also, black fans call the NFL plan to play lift every voice and sing a joke, placating and pandering. I agree. See, this is how white folks think about black folks. See, they think black people have no substance. Can I read this or not, man? Sure, I'm trying on. to read something, man. Can you just take a breath? 
It says, I can't read the top part. It says, now I noticed some gentleman tagged you in his radio show. He posed the question, will parents stop sending their kids to PWIs? Robbie doesn't graduate high school until 2023, so I'm wondering uh, why my HBCUs don't target our kids earlier for scholarship offers to play for their programs. The reason I say this is is because the offer. I would agree with him. The reason I say this is because the offer Robbie has, he can't say anything publicly until June of next year, which is basically the Who summer before Robbie? his junior year, suppose, I guess her son. Okay. PWIs offer kids as early as seventh grade, so it appears HBCUs aren't evolving fast enough with the new football trends, and we don't believe it's the football coaches. Um, anything publicly, I can't get that part. It says next year, which is basically the summer before his junior year, PWIs offer kids as early as seventh grade, so it appears HBCU. Oh, okay, never mind. That, okay, so I, I it know what administrative going. board, administration board, etc. Ex, ex, who won't allow it? Why is that? Is there any way your radio friend can help me with this question? Because Robbie is elite athlete. He's in the top. In class 2023, and he has he has others offering uh, pending as other offers pending as well, but they're not HBCUs. So, so couple of quick points on that. There are colleges who will see a kid in the seventh grade and make them an offer, but that's not a solid offer. Okay, HBCUs can do that as well. They just simply don't. All right. Uh, HBCUs are under the auspices of the NCAA, so they can do those same things. They simply don't. The other thing that I, I've been telling black coaches, well, coaches who are at HBCUs, <coughs> excuse me, in the past, <coughs> coaches would see, a, let's say, a 5A kid, a five-star kid, and they would say, well, I don't have a, I don't have a chance with that kid at all. So I'm not going to make an offer to him because that's going to take up my resources, okay? I'm not going to make an offer because I know he's a five-star kid. That's not going to – That's he's not coming to us anyway. My argument to HBCUs over the last three years have been it's kind of like the pretty girl syndrome, okay? You ever – well, Robert, I don't know if you're dating any pretty girls. But if you ever walk in a room – and or a party back in the day we had house part house parties and there was one or two pretty girls they were always by themselves or they were never getting anyone to dance with them because most guys would look at her and say oh she's too pretty she'll never dance with me okay so the same mentality exists with hbcu coaches the pretty girl never danced with you Oh, I, I got the pretty girls because I would be the one to go up and ask them to dance. I had no problem whatsoever. I knew the game, bro. Y'all ain't y'all see that sister over there? Oh man, she ain't gonna dance with nobody. She too hot. She 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 looked she look she look at her, she looked too snooty. First thing I do, hey, I'm David. Would you like to dance? Sure. And the first thing I do, I look back at my boys like <laughs> Hey, I had no problem with that. Look, I knew the you, game. You look back like, I'm surprised too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the game, bro. I, I I didn't have no problem with it, but the same mentality exists, I think, with HBCU coaches. Okay, is that he's a five star, he's a four star. I'm not gonna ask because number one, they're limited with their resources. 
they don't have the the uh, recruiting budget that PWIs have. You understand that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say that let's say let's say UAPB for example, they want to recruit superstar black athlete. Okay, and we'll we'll take a break after this. They want to test, but superstar black athlete is in California. Well, UAPB does not have that budget for their recruiting coordinator to travel all the way to California to look at one guy. Okay, so most of the time, uh, HBCU's recruitment is local or regional, and if they end up with a kid from Los Angeles to UAPB. Typically that happens because mama or daddy uh, ended up going to that HBCU and graduated. It's the same with the, the, the kid that's the basketball player. I found out, uh, Mikey Williams is his name, I found out that the reason that he is so gung-ho on HBCUs, his mom and daddy graduated from an HBCU. And he came out with, with the saying, I've got 10 toes behind HBCUs. But the reason being is because mom and daddy graduated from HBCUs. Okay, So all I'm telling coaches now, if they're listening, is send that kid a letter. If you know he's good, go ahead and make him an offer. That doesn't mean he's going to accept. Make him an offer. And say, look, we would love to have you on your on our campus and let you experience it, what it's like to be go to an HBCU. Because if you've ever been to a real HBCU football game, like Jackson State versus Tennessee State, or the John Mary Classic, or the classic that uh, the Southern Classic that takes place in Thanksgiving, or the the Circle City Classic that used to go on in Indianapolis or the classic that went on in Atlanta between Tennessee State and Florida A&M, dude, ain't nothing like an HBCU game. They rival anything that these PWIs go, have going on. And I guarantee you the women are finer. I'm just saying. Okay? I'm just saying. So all I'm trying to get coaches to start thinking about is this. All the pretty girl can say is no. And you're no worse off than you were before you asked the question. You get that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you never ask the question, hey, you dating someone? Hey, can I get your number? Hey, I want you to come to my school. If you never ask, then they'll never know. That's all I'm saying. Just dating 101? This is, this is recruiting 101. And you want to throw a date in there too? That's fine. All right, all right cool. Okay. I don't disagree with you. I, I just, I just, I just don't have the same faith in in this whole thing that you do. But we'll see what happens. Well, it's slowly evolving. It's slowly. We've got to get people who are. Indeed, thank you for the question, D. Yeah, great question, by the way. And and D, you can have her if she'd like. And just so you know, I changed the names in that so people wouldn't know who I was talking about. Okay. And if you and if she'd like, I hey, I, I know some. Did she say it was basketball or football? Football. Um, hey, I know some people at Tennessee State would love to have him. I'm just saying. I know some. And Nashville is a great city as well. So. Would you, how, how are you going to be pubbing them and you're not pubbing UAPB? Really, dude? Pump your brakes, player. We, I d- we want that all-star in Little Rock. Well, it would be great to have him in Little Rock as well. But I'm just simply saying I know folks at Tennessee State. Oh, okay, I got you. 
You see what I'm saying? You got the hook up the state. I know folks at Tennessee State, basketball and football, plus one of my dear friends does play-by-play for them. All right? Okay, I forgive you. So, so that's why I'm saying. But what we've got to do, what coaches have got to do, and we've blown by the top of the hour. We need to get to that. Uh, but what coaches have got to do at these black colleges is simply ask the question. Ask for that number, bro. Ask what they like to dance. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Back in a moment, it's the top of the hour. Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. COVID-19? Yeah, but I heard black people can't get it, so I'm good. Well, that's absolutely not true. And everyone is at risk of getting and spreading COVID-19. I'm curious, what else have you heard? I'm almost embarrassed to say, but I hear if you spray bleach all over your body, you can kill the viruses that have already entered your body. Wow, that's also not true. Truth is, there's no way to kill the virus because there's currently no cure. What you can do is take preventative measures and wash your hands regularly. Practice social distancing. Stay home if you're sick and clean and disinfect frequently touched surfaces. Noted. One more thing. So if I get the flu shot, that won't stop me from getting COVID-19? Correct. Flu shot can't protect you from the flu. If you do begin to develop symptoms of COVID-19 like fever, dry cough, shortness of breath, call your doctor and find out if you should get tested. For more ways on how you can protect yourself and your family from COVID-19, visit ARMinorityHealth.com. Arkansas Minority Health Commission. Your health, our priority. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Joshua McClain, the Neighborhood Insurance Man. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, Mr. McClain. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Right now, I'm just concerned about our community. There are so many people losing their lives right now due to COVID-19. I'm finding out nobody has a burial plan and struggling to pay for their burial. We have a program with no money down. No money down? No money down. And it's set up on your social security billing. It's set up on your payday. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. Do this for me, you know. Go ahead and share my number with somebody, okay? It's 1-800-674-2709. You said 1-800-674-2709? Yes. And also, we just got a website came out. It's www.umbrellahelp.com. That's www.umbrellahelp.com? Yes. Great. I'll be more than happy to share this with my neighbors. The Septima Clark Community Power Institute is an annual summer program that provides young people between the ages of 13 and 19 years old the opportunity to participate in and lead workshops, critical discussions, community outreach, research activities, and much more. Septima Poinsett Clark left a rich legacy. She is considered a pioneer in grassroots citizenship engagement and was even referred to as the mother of the movement. In fact, Septima Clark mentored Rosa Parks months before the Montgomery bus boycott. She also helped create the citizenship schools all over the South. The SCCPI combines education and hands-on real-world application to develop leadership skills and civic engagement in young people while tracking current and relevant issues. For more information, visit www.projectsouth.org. 
You got it. England and Ethel Rock's answer to your aggravation. The Joy Network. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, David Coleman, Robert Webb in the house, Black Focus Radio. We're in uh, the second hour of the show. We wrap up at 2 o'clock. Want to follow up on what your friend asked about recruiting? Let me give her this website. I go to it quite often. It's called ncsasports.org. And there are tons and tons of questions. Uh, there is a question and answer on there. It talks about early recruiting. When does recruiting start theoretically you cannot recruit until that kid is 15 years old okay uh there's other things early recruiting in sports uh where coaches can make scholarship offers early recruiting in sports where coaches can't make scholarship offers these are just particular questions um let's see why are coaches offering athletes so young uh let's see let, let's just read that Early recruiting is a way coaches in highly competitive programs to snag the best athletes before their competition does. And it makes sense from the perspective. Find recruit, and, uh, find, recruit, and commit the elite athletes, student athletes, ahead of your rivals. The problem is that in order to stay ahead of the competition, coaches have to recruit earlier and earlier. While most coaches acknowledge they don't particularly like to practice early, practice early recruiting. They have to take part in the practice to stay competitive with other programs. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you feel so hypocritical as a coach when you're saying you don't think it's healthy uh, to, re- to recruit kids at, at a young age. But when you're actively, actively in that process, Western Kentucky's uh, volleyball coach, Travis Hutchins, told ESPNW. So this, and it goes down the list. It can answer a lot of your questions. Again, that website is uh, ncsasports.org. Just go out and check it out. It'll answer a lot of your questions. But theoretically, I can tell you that I'm going to give you a scholarship, but the NCAA frowns on that. You cannot officially offer that scholarship until that kid is at least 15 years of age okay and that's any school whether it's a a power five conference whether it's division one or division two you cannot offer that kid a scholarship until he's 15 years of age okay so i hope that answers some of your questions and we'll talk about a little bit of that more tomorrow on the show uh as well okay what else you got robert I just got today. What? What is that? That is that is massive. That is massive. 
I just like hearing myself talking my microphone. Y'all excuse me for a second. That is massive. Dave Coleman, that is massive. I don't know what you just did, but I sound, I sound amazing right now on my headphones. I don't know what he did, but I really like hearing myself say things right now. I sound really sexy. I think I sound really sexy to myself. That's pretty cool. I'm just going to say my name over and over. Robert Webb. Robert Webb. That's really cool. Robert Webb. Why y'all looking at me like that? I mean, seriously, are y'all listening to this thing right now? I don't know what it is that you did, but man. It sounds, it sounds really good. Don't don't hit your mic, though, because it sounds, I sound really sexy right now. It's like Robert Webb. Robert Webb. As a matter of fact, after the show, I want you to cut that out, clip it so I can put, play that back and just play it back to myself. As I'm riding down the street, I just want to hear myself say Robert. Robert Webb, you are amazing, my brother. You are amazing. All of you who are sitting at home laughing at me, I'm really irritated with you right now because you should not be laughing at me. How amazing Robert Webb is. Dave, really? Go ahead, man. I know you're just dying to stop me from being amazing. I know you're hearing it over there. See, you just left. Oh. Uh, this is what happens when you when you turn the show over to the squirrels and the hyenas. I'm just saying. But anyway, we'll talk. So more, insulting. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about that tomorrow uh, uh, on the sports show. Join us live in the morning at eight o'clock, bright and early. I'll be sipping sipping iced tea and and talking sports. All right, Robert. What else we got on the agenda today? Oh, I don't know. How about uh, how about Master? Let's talk about Masterpiece Burger Joint. I don't know anything about Masterpiece Big Burger Papa's Joint. Papa's Burgers in New Orleans, chicken and waffles. Is he from New Orleans? Yeah, he's from New Orleans. I didn't know the that. The address is uh, thirty three hundred Fourth Street in Harvey, Louisiana. It closes today at eight p.m. Yeah. And we're talking about that. Why? Because it's a black. It's something black, and it's in uh, New Orleans, and it's positive. Okay. Master P doing Master P. Okay. Master P's always I've always been a big fan of Master P by the way. Okay. I didn't I didn't know he was from New Orleans, but I, I guess that's a positive. I don't think I'll be driving to New Orleans to eat a burger. I mean if I'm gonna Let's go to New Orleans and have a burger, my man. Uh no. Let's go have a Master P uh, burger. I'm gonna probably go to Mother's uh, I'm probably gonna go to uh, Commander's Palace. Other side. Why you not gonna go to? Why you not gonna go to Masterpiece? What you got against Masterpiece? You don't like black people now? Oh God! Oh, Dave don't like black people now. Do you, do oh, you, so now a white man come in the room. You don't like black people. Do you, All of a sudden, Dave ain't black no more because it's a white man in the room. Okay. Uh oh. When you he, shut up when for a leave, moment, let's do see you, what happens. Do you know what mothers who owns mothers? Do I know mothers who owns mothers? Do you know who owns mothers in New Orleans? I ain't talking about mothers. We're talking about big, big papas right now. Okay. Why um, do you want to talk about mothers? We're talking about big papas. I'm sure um, mother, I'm sure mothers gets plenty of shout outs. Why, why can't we get Master P one? Okay. I'm just curious, You Dave. just gave him one, but. But now you want to shout out mothers? No. It kind of defeats the purpose, no. Dave. Let's have a cold conversation around Master P. Let's see if we can call that restaurant and say, hey, can we oh, order some food and y'all send it to Little Rock? Can y'all have us some food here Monday morning that we can try on the air? No. You don't want to do that? No. 
You just a hater. What you don't eat Master P burgers? What you I, got against Master P burgers? I, I, I don't eat three day old Master the P pictures. burgers. You don't know if they're gonna be three that, days old, that are, dude. That are shipped. They in might the be mail. able to get them here same day. Okay, so let let's humor you for a moment. You order a burger today. How's it gonna get here today? We ain't gonna have it today. We gonna have it Monday. So. I'm going to eat a three-day-old hamburger. Maybe, Is that what I understand? Maybe they'll drive it up Monday morning and they'll get it here in time for the show. Oh. I'm sorry, folks. By the way, Mother's is black-owned and operated and is one of the We're oldest. We're talking about Master P. Is one of the oldest restaurants in New Orleans in the Ninth Ward. This, this is why working with you is so painful this oh. is why right here this is why because right oh, now you don't want to talk about master p you want to talk about Mothers. i really don't why don't what you got against master p nothing oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you got against master p how can you not love master p um, How can you not love that brother? I've never cared for Master uh, P as far as his music is concerned. Uh, okay. Why not? But the what, fact what that you got against rap? Uh, look, you don't like black rap? Uh, you just don't I, like black people, do you? I don't like the way it has morphed into what it is today. Bougie black folks. Okay. Bougie. Now, back in the day when you had good rap, as opposed to this quote-unquote gangster rap, with all of the negative connotations that go good along with good it. Good rap versus what? Okay. When you had people like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Millie Mill, you had uh, Curtis Blow. Why can't we had, appreciate all genres had, of rap? Why, had, why is it we have to separate had, them? You, why can't we appreciate we, all genres you, of rap? You had KRS-One. We need you all know, that. We need all that. You, Not everybody you know, tells the same story. You Dave. know, when when you had people that were being positive, as opposed, they were still look. They were still telling a story about how they grew up. Did you like NWA Day? Uh, yes, I did. Care for NWA? Oh, you they, did care for NWA. They were okay, but there was some stuff. They were I the didn't. ones who started all the craziness, right? So, so why you like them, Dave? Right. See, this is what I'm talking about. Your hypocrisy needs to only go so far, player. Your hypocrisy just goes too damn far. That's what I'm talking oh about. God. How you gonna be that? Somebody, oh yeah, I did like NWA, but then in the same breath come to me. Well, I don't like all the gangster rap. That's the that's the they 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 started gangster rap. I mean, Jesus. Mike, don't agree with him. He can't help it. He know it's true. He's a white boy who likes rap. He can't help it. He like rap. This is good music. Well, I'm sorry. I'm the right Mike. I'm a jazz. I'm a jazz. I'm a jazz lover. Okay. And where jazz come from? Rap. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I saw I saw like one of the Republicans. Where jazz come from? Rap. <laughs> Rap created everything. Oh God. <sighs> oh God. This is such a wonderful day. Apparently it isn't. But anyway, uh let's see who else did I leave out. I liked um what was the outcast? They were good. All right, tell you what, Dave. Give me your your all-time favorite rap song. Play it up, Dave. Let's see what you got. Can and I play I'll give it? you mine. I'll give Can you I mine. Let me, let me hear yours, Dave. Okay, I'm, I'm going to play it. Okay. This is about to be painful. 
Uh, no, it isn't because it it was. Uh, I'm gonna take a two minute nap because I got a feeling that Dave's gonna play something that I ain't never heard before by somebody I ain't never heard before. If you've never heard this, he's probably, song. Gonna, he's gonna, probably gonna play some rap song by some guy in Iberia. And in fact, in my, I'm gonna be honest. In the North Pole, actually, my f- well, I've got two. Fra- let me okay let me, play both of them. I want to hear both got of two yours. Favorite I want to hear both of yours. Songs. Okay. You, uh, I, you play one of yours. I'll play one of mine. I've, I've got, another one I've got two favorite rap okay, songs. Okay, let's, let's hear okay. Let's hear yours. Um, this is your see. first one? This is my first one. Oh, yeah. That's one of mine. Okay. Okay. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Turn my mic off so I can see. Jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Broken glass everywhere. People on the stage, you know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far. Cause a man with the touch of repossessed my car. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> don't you ever tell me I don't know music. Okay. Let me let me let me play my other one real fast. Okay. Here you go. Here's the other one. Well, you didn't have you didn't have a song up, so here's the other one. Don't you give me all that jive about things you wrote before eyes alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. Gonna shake it, gonna make it, gonna make it good. Gonna rock, shock, rock it through your neighborhood. Gonna read, gonna sing it till it's understood. My rapping about to happen like a knee. You were slapping or I told you been tapping on a hunk of wood. Bought a red suited dude with a friendly attitude and a slave full of goodies for the people on the block. Got a long white beard, maybe looks kind of weird. And if you ever see him, he can give you quite a shock. Now that song right there, yeah, everybody that, sampled that right there. Exactly. So don't, and that was a sample from who? I can't remember. That was a sample from who? Uh, that's actually Curtis Blow. I thought, but I thought he sampled that. Uh, uh-uh, he didn't he sample, didn't sample that. that. But everybody yeah. has sampled that. Sample, yeah, that, yeah, that that's good. That's the original. That, those lyrics. I mean, not yeah. the lyrics, but that beat. The beat. Exactly. That. Yeah, I love that, that was that Curtis song. Blow. All right, and you talking about a party song? If you were at a party and people were on the wall. They got off the wall for that cut right there. That's it. Okay, that was that was the party that song. Was one of the party songs. Right, Even today, you. it's still one you. of the party songs. All right, so here's your little sorry song. We were all in the mood, so we had nah, that ain't my song. That's yours. That's your crap. Here's your little song. Yeah, turn my mic up so I can sing, man. Think your bed with your rap wall. I'll tell you, Pilgrim, I started the crap. When you were in diapers and wetting the sheets, I was at the Ponderosa rapping to the big da ha da ha da ha 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 ha. 
sure I rustled some cattle and tended the sheep, but my main concern was rapping to the beat. I don't bother nobody, I'm a real nice guy, kinda laid back like a dead fly. Da ha da ha da ha 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 da ha da ha da ha 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 200 punks, well what ya gonna do? I got two six shooters that'll see me through. That's 12 dead and 188 ball bears. Da ha da ha da ha 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 What I do on your That is just a terrible song. That is a beautiful song. You have no class That is whatsoever. a beautiful song. That is a beautiful song. You, Some beautiful words. That's, that's just... That that is the it was a beautiful word. And believe it or not, that song was really popular back in the day. It was. Man, I, I love that song. Da ha da ha mm. da ha ha. Mm, that's just a terrible ha, ha. song. You can put my second one up there, "Fight the Power," baby, because that's that's the that's the bomb digging. Oh well, that was the one. Of course, that's a good one. "Fight the Power" is my all-time favorite song. Uh, I listen to that song at least once a day. Fight the Power. That was uh, by Public Enemy. That was the other one. That was by Public Enemy. Yeah, that's my song. And I listen to that song once a day. And that particular because I'm constantly fighting the power, Dave. I'm constantly fighting you up in this piece. That song actually uh, made its debut in what mo- what movie? Oh, uh, Spike Lee's movie. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. You don't remember the name of it? I should, but I can't remember it. I should know the name of it. Golly, what did you say? Mike even knows. I know what the I know That's the movie, sad. but I can't remember it. That's sad. I can't remember the name of it right now. What, what he just told is? you. I didn't hear it. God. Huh? Do the right thing. Do the right. I knew. I knew Golly. that. But I can't remember. It. I Tell knew Spike Mike. Lee's movie "Do the Right Thing." I knew. I knew. The, I knew it. I just can't remember it. Who debuted that song? Who debuted what? In the movie. Who was the person that was jamming that song? The white dude. No. Yeah, it was. It was the little. What's his name? Uh, um, uh, the boy, the brother, the, not the brother, but the white dude that had the box. I can't think of his name. Did you watch? Let me ask you something. Did you ever? Did you watch Do the Right Thing? I don't watch black movies like that. Oh, they're, apparently they're black not. Exploitation. I don't do that. Spike Lee no. was not black exploitation. I'm just kidding. Listen, I can't remember. I can't it remember was now. Radio Rahim. He was not white. He was black. I said His the brother. You, you did not. I can't believe you just did a Trump. I said the brother. Dave. You said the white dude with the radio. I said the brother first. No, I can't, you Dave, did. you know you know how long ago I watched that movie. God, that's you know a, how many times okay. I've slept okay. since the last time I watched that movie. Come on, give it here. I'm not giving you my black card. Give me, give no, it here. no, Dave. Give it. We're gonna give it to Mike. No, give, Dave. Give it here. <laughs> give it here. <laughs> give it here. It's got my name on it, Dave. And, and Dave, anyway, expires at the end of this month. So no, it's it, okay. It needed to expire after the show. Uh, but Radio Raheem. How are you gonna take my black card and give it to Mike? Mike got one thing and he gets a black card. Uh, one damn thing. Uh, okay. All right, you want to give Mike a black card? Here you go, Mike. Get your mic. You want to test? Mike, we finna test you. We, you want, no, he ain't just get no black no, card like don't, that. Don't be he got take a test in there. Well, you know what? Gosh. You know what, though? I just thought about it. The Black Hall of Fame. All right, Mike, come on, Mike. You want a black card? Everybody else get him out. Might as well give you one, too, Mike. You free to have a black card, Mike. <laughs> they would rather switch. Then fight. Why you? Why you stop that part? That's the most important part. I'm leaving. Mike want to get some barbecue. Want to get some watermelon and chicken? Like he don't eat barbecue and chicken. He probably don't eat watermelon and chicken. He eat watermelon. 
You know, you eat chicken too? You are just being so stereotypical today. That's not a, a, a food that is indigenous to one person or the other. Mike, you live in the hood? Oh, dang. Will you leave our engineer alone? No, not going to happen. Uh, you're you, trying you, to take my black card no, and give it to Mike. You, see, you're just we got to answer to, all these questions. You're just trying to. Mike got to answer these questions. You're just trying Mike, to. what's your favorite rap song? Come on, Mike. Give us your favorite rap song. Tell, tell it to us, Mike. What is it? Come on, Mike. Mike said F the police. What? No, seriously, Mike. What's your favorite song, Mike? Come on. Give us your favorite, Mike. Which one? You can't like them all, Mike. That's the white answer. I like them all. I don't want to fit anybody black. Man. I like everybody. Come on, Mike. Give us one, Mike. Come on, Mike. Give us give us your favorite song. Oh, I just thought of another group that I liked. Uh, Who? Houdini? Freaks come out at night? Uh, Houdini was bad now. Houdini was good. Okay. I like Houdini. Uh, yeah. Houdini and who was, uh, uh, not Mass, uh, what was his name? Who? I can't think of all of them. It was a ton of them, though. Uh, who was the guy that did the Wild Wild West? Oh, uh, Kumo D. Kumo D. Yeah. Kumo D was bad. Because I, I, I yeah. liked him because his he, he, raps. Lyrical, were, man. It, yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. The flow of it. And it was crisp. And how he put all those things together. We should play We should play that. Right. We should it play was, Wild Wild West. It, it, it the was Wild, Wild Wild West. Yeah. Yeah, we should play so that. I, I liked play, him. Dave, when I say we should play, that means you start putting it on, okay? Just in case you didn't know. Come on, Mike. Cough up cough up your favorite. Okay. Cough up your favorite, Mike. Uh, let's see. Mike, cough up your favorite. Let me see what else we got on here. Cool. Play Wild Wild Oh, you know how play Wild Wild West? I will. The Wild Wild West. Come on, Mike. You got a favorite? Come on, give it to us. Mike don't want to give it to us. It's probably some hardcore banging type thing. It's probably something bad like uh, he probably going to come with some 8-ball and MJG 9-millimeter song. Who? 8-ball <laughs> and MJG. You don't know about them? Who? Orange Mound? No. Mike know. Mike, you know about them, don't you? Wild Wild West. He got an incredible flow. Yeah, that was a killer song back in the day. I, I enjoyed that. On, see, see. So what was so? Why did they morph? I mean, because I know you like that gangster rap stuff. So why did they morph into that crazy Who's that? gun killer N word? You know, who? All these rappers where they morphed into this. How many women a guy? Because, how many because drugs? they were trying to attract people like Mike. What? How many? So that's when they started. <laughs> How many drugs I, I don't, can I use? Honestly, I honestly have. I honestly have no idea. And I mean, but I believe it just became. I mean, it was already on the streets. I mean, it, it really, it really kicked off with your boy Ice T. I know when he did a cop killer. Yeah, I know. Oh no, six. No, in the no, morning. no, no. It actually kicked off with six uh, in the morning. Police at my door. No, it, it actually kicked off with uh, what's dude's name? I'm talking about Nashville from Florida. No, uh, where they censored his album, Luke. Yeah, Luke it, never it, Luke never rapped about that kind of stuff. Ru, Ru, Luke only rapped about sex. Right, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> so it actually kicked off with him. No, Luke didn't kick it off. Ice T kicked it off when he did Six in the Morning. That's what kicked off the gangster rap. Six in the morning, police at my door. Fresh Adidas, cross the 
close to the bathroom floor or whatever it was. Oh, I'm, I'm glad I don't know that song. Yeah, that's because you're not cultured. That's because you're bougie. Uh, just because I don't want to listen bougie. to that stuff and make, my, just, and make my eardrums bleed. I just need Mike's favorite song right you now. Know. I need his favorite he's, rap song. He's Mike. doing some work. Mike, can, I get the, can I get the song, alone? Mike? Can I get the you song? you leave him alone, he's doing some work. Mike, can a brother get the song? Will, will you leave Mike alone? No, I need the song from Mike. Mike, just give me one song, Mike. Give he, me your favorite, one of your favorite songs. He has to be done with that by 2 o'clock, so leave him alone. That's fine. It don't take him but a second to give me his favorite rap song. Okay. He can... Damn, of course he say that. What? My pots is on Broadway. There you go. Of course he say Beastie Boys. Why would well, he There not? you go. My oh, that's right, it is. Jesus. My pots is on Broadway. Give me, give is, me, give me your, come on. Open no, your wallet. No, I just, go get no, it. No, no, no. You really, no, uh, you no, really feel no, bad no, now, I, I don't do you? feel bad. You really. That there you go, Mike. Now, will you leave Mike alone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I knew that. Play Mike's favorite song. I knew that. I did. I did forget. I oh thinking. my god! In, in, uh, in the lyrics, in one of the wow. Beastie Boys lyrics, there's a phrase that says, "My pops is on Broadway." Wow. So that's what I was thinking. That's from. Okay, yeah. Y'all can have the black card. Y'all can wow, have. Wow, Robert. You know what? I'm ashamed of you. I, I really am. You know, let's see. Let's play Mike's favorite here. I'm sorry, gentlemen. We don't play rap music here. We play real music. You have to take How did I forget You forgot it because you've been exposed. I'm ashamed of you. Beastie Boys did. I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of you. I'm not even a rap aficionado, and I knew that answer. Did you see how I looked at you when you said Beastie Boys? Alright. I knew they had one. It was posse it was posse in effect. Okay. So that's my bad. That's my bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. I knew they had I, I when I heard that I, I went I didn't go to Sir Mix a lot. I went to uh, I'm ashamed of you. Posse in effect. I, I think I think the real Robert has been exposed. So you 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 walk around here trying to pretend like you cool, you down and everything. I am the coolest but, cat you know. But when you really delve into your psyche you grew up on the David other side Coleman. of the tracks, David didn't you? Coleman. Did you? David Coleman. You grew David up on the other side of the track, David Coleman. You know, you were you you, David you were that person that they chased across the tracks, and then you'd stand <laughs> over there and throw rocks at them and David say, "Ah, you can't come across these tracks." David Coleman. I you grew up in University Park, didn't you? Where? University Park, didn't you? No, I grew up on Martin. Mm-hmm, sure, you did. Martin High Street. Sure. Hyde Street. Sure. I grew up on High Street. Yeah, sure. You and did. I grew up on Adam <laughs> Street. Because sure my pops is on Broadway. I, I'm just saying, Mike. I'm mad at you, Mike. Just, Mike, I'm taking. No, Mike, no, no. I'm don't taking, be mad at Mike. I'm taking no. Mike's. 
Mike, no. I'm going to take your white card. No, you need it. <laughs> you need it. No, you don't. You already play golf. Golf, golf is. I bet golf you, does not I define bet you, anybody's I, color. I bet you bowl too, don't you? I do. I love do, the do, do you have one of those seersucker suits? I do. I have a couple of seersucker suits. See? What's you your point, though? I'm just saying. I was just asking. Seersucker's not. I might need to borrow these, one. See, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, my friend. You know, so I'm just saying. So, boy. Hey, man, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'm not. I'm not, though. Okay. I'm not. I'm really not. Oh, I forgot about De La Soul. Yeah, De La Soul has some good back ones. In the day. Arrested Development. Uh, yeah, that's what I was trying. To, I was getting ready to say Arrested Development. Now that was when they came out, and I, I I'm gonna tell you, Speech. That brother was so deep. Yeah, we were supposed to went back and looked because he put out some movies. What was that he put out that we were gonna go back and take a uh, look at? He actually put out. Uh, it was a documentary that I saw. About because a he year did ago. part of it on the internet. Remember, he did yeah. part of it. He did it on the yeah, internet. Yeah, it's on. It's on the internet. But I hate it when uh, Arrested Development, and they were the last of good rap. Yeah, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Because after that, it was gangster rap, gangster rap, N-word, B-word. Folks said, if we're going to play the songs, at least let them play through. This is is not a radio station for music. All right? So shut up. Dang, Dave. And be happy you got what you got. Dave Dave didn't mean it. He was just, Dave's really sensitive right now. I can't say what's wrong with him. But he's been going to the bathroom a lot today, so forgive him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mike, you like that one, huh, Mike? So, you anyway. like it when I take shots at Dave, huh? So, uh, but anyway, but yeah, Arrested Development was, they were the last, because I remember a lot of the gangster rappers criticizing Arrested Development for their movement, for their music, because their music was that of educational, positive vibes, things of that nature. And then rap went all off the hill, and that's when that's when rap lost me. Uh, it really did, of course. Um, so anyway, then of course I, I I'm a big jazz lover anyway, so I can always. Substitute. But where jazz come from? Jazz come from rap. Are you on crack? Jazz come from rap. No. Jazz come from rap, Dave. No. Okay. There's there's something unique about jazz that no other musical art form can talk about. What is that? Do you know what it is? What's that? Tell me. Do you know what it is? No, I want you to tell me. Do you know what it is? I want you to tell me, Dave. I want you to make up your own thing. I don't want you to I don't want I'm you to give me the truth. I want you to up. make up your own thing. Go ahead. I already please. know what it is. Go ahead, please. I want you to make Jazz up your own thing. is the only musical art form that was developed in America. It was it's one of the original musical art forms. So what are you saying? Everything else came from where? What are you trying to say? All other music were created some other place. Basically, okay. Give me, give me some, give me a couple of them, because I'm. I mean, I don't know the origin of the okay, origin. Okay, let's say so. classical music. Okay, it came from where? It came from Europe. Okay. By the way, Bach was Johann Sebastian. I mean, Mozart was black. By the way, Mozart was black. You do know that, don't you? No, no, do I care? Well, I know because you probably don't listen to classical music. I do not. Okay. I think classical music is like uh, watching paint dry. Wow, you are just so uncouth. Thank you very much. Gosh. I mean, do you have any culture whatsoever? I'd rather watch do you like, rain do you than like, listen do to you, cl- do classical you, music. Do you drink champagne? All right, give me some classical music, Dave. Give me something that you listen to. Come on. Give I me one. I listen in a while. Well, come on. Give me one. You're talking no, about don't, don't don't run your mouth if you no, ain't going to put it on I, table. Well, no, player. we're talking about jazz. Dave. 
I'm Dave, talking about jazz. Dave, 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 don't, open, don't open the bottle if okay. you're going to let us drink now. We're don't open the bottle if we're going to drink. We're talking about jazz. Don't open the bottle if you're going to drink. That's my bailiwick. Okay, give me one of your jazz songs. Give me oh. one of your. Oh, you, oh, you'll play some jazz, but you're going to play none of your little classical oh. music. Oh. You what? don't listen to classical. You don't either. Uh, I do occasionally. All right, yeah, play some I classical. Do I do your jazz song. Uh, play, play one of your classical songs. Let's try some Mozart. Do you want to hear some Mozart? Play, what are you going to play, Amadeus? Uh, no. <laughs> Is that all you know? Rock me, Amadeus. Is that all you know? All right, who you playing now? This Who's is this? this is uh Mozart. No, that's not him. Hang on. I, I didn't think so. I didn't think Mozart had a video with uh he could. With the Joker in it. He could, you know. Uh, let's see. Here. How about you play? How about uh you? How about we see if we can find Posses on Broadway? Uh, played by Mozart. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, let me play my song. Okay. This is one of my favorites. You know, when I when I leave here. Okay. And after your favorite I, jazz cut? Yeah, because when I really need to have some peace of mind and regroup after I've had a, a show with you. Uh, this is my favorite album by this guy, Lonnie Liston Smith. It's called Rejuvenation. It is just a wonderful, wonderful cut. In fact, the entire album is just simply fantastic. I believe he won a Grammy back in uh, 1986 with this album. Um, so let me let me let me put a little bit of that on. You might like that. I know it might be above your culture grade, but we'll give it a try. Now that's a little Lonnie Liston Smith. Back in the day when I did do jazz, I would do it like this. Mellow sounds designed with you in mind. In the background, that's Lonnie Liston Smith from the award-winning LP, Rejuvenation. Oh. That one ain't bad, though. I kind of like that one. You really need to check it out. It is a fantastic album. So you could play one of mine. You could play one of my favorites. You ready? Don't say Grover. No. I mean, I like Grover, but Grover is so... You know, I hope you have somebody better than Grover. Most sucks Sonata, number 17 in C. Who? You could play that for me. <laughs> what? My favorite cut. This is my favorite mm. cut. Oh, this is my other one. London. Can I get my? Can I get mine first? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was. What is it? Mozart Sonata. Yeah, number 17 in C. Okay, let's see. Everybody needs to listen to this every day. Oh, uh, oh! I'm sorry. I'm spelling it wrong. In C major. Yep. You just saying that you didn't even know that's what it's supposed to be. Uh oh. Oh, that may not be it. It's that. That's it. That's beautiful right there. 
Oh yeah, that's a great song right there. So there you go. What's your favorite? Um, I like all the Mozart stuff. Oh, man, you just like Mozart. I, I do. I love Mozart. I really do. I like Bach. Um, <coughs> what you like? What you like? Uh, Johann like Sebastian Bach. Bach. I, Bach. Um, I, I, I used to listen to a lot of classical music because I'm a music aficionado. I've listened to bluegrass. I like uh, good music. I don't care who Right. That's what I'm saying. I've listened to bluegrass. Uh, man, I've listened to all kinds of music. Uh, I mean, because, and that's part of the reason that I probably ended up going into radio. My my initial thoughts of going into radio, believe it or not, uh, I wanted to be a DJ. I wanted to spin records. That really? was, uh, as a matter of fact, what was the guy's name here in Little Rock? Lynn, um, he passed away about two or three years ago. Is it DJ? Yeah. Um, he is the one that influenced me to go ahead because I was I was a Lynn God I can't even think of his name. He was he was he was in the Navy, uh, and hmm. I was about to go in the Navy, and then of course my I started having problems with my leg, and they they kind of made me what do they call it F four or whatever they call you when you when you can't go in, and uh, so he was doing radio then here in Little Rock. What is his name? Lynn. He just passed away two or three years ago. And um, so when I finally started making a little money, uh, I decided, and while I was in college, we would have dances in our in our dormitory, Green Hall. Okay. And periodically I, I would DJ some of those some of those dances as well. But when I was in Memphis uh, listening to the Lynn Henry. Lynn Henry, that was his name. That yes. was Lee, Lee kicked that in. Okay, appreciate that. Um, he's the one that really influenced me to get into radio. So Everybody kicking kick it in now, Lynn Henry. Right. Everybody kicking it in now. So when I when I moved to Memphis, I was making so much money waiting tables at Captain Bilbo's. I mean, I'm and I'm not bragging, but I was making a killing. And I said, well, I don't want to waste this money. What do I want to do? And I said, I know what, I'm going to send myself to broadcasting school. And that's what I did. Columbia, back then there was a place called Columbia School of Broadcasting. And, um, and it was one based in Memphis. And I sent my, it cost, uh, it cost about $8,000 total. I paid for it cash. And, Big bank! And went to broadcasting school. And with the idea that I was going to spin records because I've always had this voice. Hey, I'm Dynamic Dave here on JoyNetRadio.com. You know, that, that radio type sound. Uh, and by that time when I got out of broadcasting school, that, that delivery had become old school. Okay. Okay. And it was just simply speaking in your normal voice. And... Uh, so I interned at 97Q, uh, Q, uh, K97 in, in Memphis, WLOK in Memphis, uh, 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 let's see, what else, uh, 1070 in Memphis, all of the radio, but they would never hire me. Okay. And WHBQ was a talk radio station. And in that business, 
It's one of those businesses that you have to pay your dues. You're not going to come and jump on the air immediately in the radio business. You're going to work three, four, five years in some smaller markets before you get that big break. So WHBQ said, hey, we're having, we got a position for a, a radio producer. Would you be interested in, well, he said, this is all we have. We do talk radio. And I remember being on the phone when he said talk radio. I was like, but see, a great DJ should be able to spin records regardless on what station they're on. That's why a lot of people didn't know that Rick Dees was white for a long time. Uh, But anyway, I took the job at WHBQ, and in the meantime, I was spinning records at WSMS. The only time I spun records, but I wasn't being paid for it as an intern at the Memphis State Jazz Station. So that's how I really, I already already loved jazz, but that's how I really, really fell in love with jazz because every Tuesday and Friday, I would do jazz at at WSMF 91.7 or uh, 92 uh, uh, 92 in, in Memphis. And so on Saturday, on Fridays, I would do what is called the Coleman's Dynamic Jazz Brunch, where I was actually, I would have lunch on the air, and I would pretend like I was cooking stuff. You know, I'd have my little sound effects and, you know, my, you know, my frying noise and my stirring noises. And it was a huge hit in Memphis. And you couple that with the jazz that I was playing, Lonnie Liston-Smith, Sade, uh, Steve Weisberg, uh, you know, the list of the Blackbirds, uh, the list of uh, Fat Burger, the list goes on and on. Of course, some Grover, and the list just goes on and on and on. And I, and I just developed my own jazz collection. But my ultimate job was at WHBQ, which at that time was – you know, it was before talk radio became what it is today. Whereas that uh, we had a liberal, we had a conservative, we had a middle of the road, we had a guy on there that just didn't care one way or the other. Uh, Bill Atkins, who, if you know anything about Memphis radio, Bill Atkins back in the early 60s and 70s, uh, uh, I ended up being his producer on WHBQ, but they did the Steel and Bill show, which was on WDIA. You've been talking about this before. Okay, you ask me. I like. You I know, don't remember asking you. This, this. is <laughs> this is talk radio. You okay. you expound. Okay, okay. Can you expound now in, in less than two minutes? All right, I'm not saying anything else. You got seven minutes. What do you? No, why are you getting mad? Go Jeez, ahead. that is so mean. Will you finish your story, please? But the point of the matter. Oh, is really? You? <laughs> no way. The point I love how you try to do that little pout thing. Okay, I'm not going to talk. You carry the show for seven minutes. Okay. The you point, are special. The point of the thing is that I initially got in the radio business to spin records and become a big-time DJ. And I ended up being a big-time talk show host instead. Never had the opportunity to spin records and be paid for it at all. And I tell people all the time, you know, people say, oh, you're in the radio business, you're a DJ. That's an insult to me because I'm not a DJ. And I'll correct you quickly and let you know that I'm a talk show host. So there you go. Hallelujah. 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 You can make fun of me all you want. I would never make fun of you, Dave. Okay. I just want to tell you that that was really beautiful. That was a beautiful story. And and, and, and by the this, way. Wow, I was listening to that beautiful story. I just thought to myself, Dave, that's a beautiful story. It's a really, 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 really beautiful story. 
And I'd like to hear more beautiful stories like that. Just not today. But I'd like and, to hear more. And by the way, remember the game show host, Wake Martindale? Yeah, Wink. Not Wake, but Wink. Is it Wink Martindale? It's Wink Martindale. Okay, whatever his name is. He actually got his start at WHBQ. Oh, really? Uh, Rick Dees. Uh, they had a black dude on there with you? They had a black dude on there with him? Uh, Rick Dees was not black. Talk He's about white. Talking about you, bro. This was before I got to WHBQ. Oh, it was before you got there. Uh, WHBQ was the first first radio station to ever play a Elvis song. So it has a little history in this background. Okay. But anyway. All right. I'll just stop talking about me. You no, know, please since, continue, Dave. Since you, did, since you just butchered the I, show We today. need more kindling. Please continue talking you know, about you. No. I, please, I, Dave I, Coleman. No, please. No. 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 Say more, David. Say more, David. No. That's something you've never heard before, have you? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Okay, seriously. Stop, Dave. Man, don't do that, man. Stop it, man. Okay, Dave. How can I soar with eagles? When oh, I'm God. Eagles? Stop it. Oh, by the way, when Ryan I'll told me. Ryan told me to tell you he's gonna call us Monday because Ryan is starting his own political blog. But <laughs> 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 do not laugh at my kid, man. What's up with that? Good for you, Ryan. Don't take any advice from your dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's obvious by what he's writing about. He's not taking any advice from me. Why is he calling the show? Because he's starting a blog. I, I think he's promoting his. I think he's promoting his uh, blog. Man. Oh, eagle, oh. <laughs> Ryan, you gonna have to cut a check, dog. Don't think you look. Don't think you get any leeway because your daddy on this show. Do you hear my son calling this show, promoting his products? Hell no. And you ain't either, dog. You better cut me a check, and it better be a nice one. You know what? What the hell's going on in here, Margot? Oh, oh, I'm starting a blog. I'm going to call <laughs> David and Robert so I can promote it on their show. You're the nerve of you, young fella. <sighs> that hurt. That Man. Hurt. Oh, goodness. Man, you young cats today got some cojones. Man. <laughs> it ain't happening. Sorry. <laughs> And more so because he's your damn son. <laughs> Hell no. I got enough of web on this show. I'm not about to let another web on this show. You're lucky when you come up here with your daddy. I even let you in the door. <laughs> Hell. Just go, oh, my, oh, my dad does a show. I'm just going to be on his show and promote it. You got another thing coming, Bubba. You better have a check with some zeros behind that that number, Ooh. and it better be a whole number. Oh my goodness! Whew. I'm just saying. Who that hurt? Whew. I can't wait. This is gonna uh, be hilarious. Thank God this show is over. Thank God. You know what that means, Robert? What's don't that? You? Oh. How long you been here today? Uh, too long, man. <laughs> you know, this so, is gonna be interesting. So this while you were losing your black card and all that other stuff, you could have been getting your quote together. Oh man, that's that's, that's, that's really true. And you don't have it together, do you? Yeah, I'm ready we do to roll. this every day. You just trying to get me because I got you, Dave. We Stop. do this every day. 
We do a Why show. Why are you trying to get me, Dave? Why are you trying to get me, Dave? Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. You need to go out and find some quotes and and copy and paste them to one page. Okay? And then that way, whenever we have quotes, quote time, because you know what happens about 158 every day, you all already Dave, have where's your quote, Dave? Where's your quote? My just, quotes are... I'm just so tired of always being picked on by you. My quotes are bookmarked or in my head. Always vote for principle. Though you may not vote alone, though you may vote alone, you may cherish the sweetness, the sweetest reflection that your vote is never lost. Oh. That was by your boy, John Quincy Adams. Oh. Well, since you're talking about voting, give you one of my all-time favorite quotes. A voteless people is a voiceless people. A voiceless people is a defenseless people. A defenseless people is a contradiction to democracy. Oh, Jesus. Damn, I'm good. That's my quote. (sighs) Sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, Sure, Dave. uh, And one one of these days, you'll grow up and be just like (laughs) me. I stun you. Hey, spend money on community. If you don't, nobody else will. Peace and love, black people. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you. Don't forget tomorrow, 8 o'clock, we'll be talking sports right here on joinetradio.com. You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinetradio.com.